Hello, dear listeners. Hello, dear YouTube viewers. Hello, everybody that are learning more information about data. I hope everything is really cool. So let's start our next podcast episode that is called Coding Innovators Podcast, in which we share you beautiful stories of successful people who have decided to connect their life with data, with artificial intelligence, and so on. This podcast is perfect for people who would like to enter the data analytics or data science world, and I'm afraid of making first step. So we invite bright minds that made a tremendous career in data science, in data analytics, in artificial intelligence and machine learning from India and ask them questions about their work, life and attitude. My name is Raman Kumarias. I'm Chief Marketing Officer of Coding Innovators, an online educational platform that teaches people data analysis and data science from scratch. If you're looking for a career change and want to get a profession in data analytics, we're glad to announce the launch of data analytics specialization, which starts uh, every month. Within six months, you will learn all the skills and tools required to enter the data analytics field. Podcast listeners can get extra 10% discount with the code word coding podcast. Please leave your reviews on the platform where you're listening to our podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or YouTube. This will help us to get higher ranking and more people will be able to listen to our interviews. We do this for you and we want to bring you maximum benefit from it. If you have questions about data, IT, career to our guests, please send us your question in audio format and we'll ask them most interesting of them in our podcast. So send your questions to info at the rate of coding invaders. Today, let me introduce our special guest. His name is Joy, and he's very experienced guy in data analytics, in artificial intelligence and research. Let's start a question. Hi, thank you very much, Joy, for joining us. We are very happy to have you here. We know that you are very busy. Nice to see you here. Thanks, Roman, for inviting me. Well, we decided to divide our today's talk on three parts. In the first part, we would like to ask you questions about your career, about your passion, about what was the trigger for you to connect your life with the data. In the second part, we would like to talk a bit about business and philosophy. And the third part, if you would like, you can uh, give some kind of advice to our students and to all people who decided or who in their way to uh, deciding to connect their career with the data field. My first question is, what started your career? How did you come to be successful? And could you please tell us more about your way, about your path? First of all, I would like to mention about my passion towards mathematics, right? When I was a student in my school days, I loved math a lot. And from there, like it started. And then when I selected like statistics as my core subject, and then I also did my graduation in statistics. In fact, that time, the computer science or computer engineering was very rare. I mean, very few people used to get chance to study computer science engineering. But there was a computer inside our statistics department. And I tried out a few things and got to know like this is called programming. And although it was not in my uh, normal day-to-day -day syllabus, but I borrowed some books and tried my few logics on statistics to write a program. And from there, the journey begins. While I understood a lot of theories and concepts of statistics, and then I also started learning uh, the programming part. Then I did post-graduation in computer science, which actually helped to bridge the gap between these two. And then I started doing my research by doing my post-graduation in my final uh, semester. Right, I did a, a research where it was completely AI and definitely it was machine learning. Not only that, it was neural network. And I'm talking about early 2000. And that time, even the corporate world, they are not too much familiar with AI. 
So only few academic organizations they started deep research on artificial intelligence. At least in India, I'm talking about right. I really loved because it was pure blend of mathematics, statistics, computer science to some extent, psychology, linguistics, and all these things together. And while we are uh, trying out training a model with data and so on, so I wrote almost 2,500 lines of code in C programming language, and that was my first neural network programming. And without having any third-party library, so it was like from scratch. That was the beginning. And then I published a lot of papers uh, because when I tried to enhance the research skill, always we have to focus on publications either uh, with paper or patent. So then I uh, moved to the corporate world. I was involved with IBM, Microsoft, Salesforce, right, so on. So that was all in the AI team, especially uh, when I started patenting within IBM, with mostly with Watson, which is one of the supercomputer launched by, again, very early days by Watson in the AI-specific product. And then gradually I learned. And what I did continuously upskill myself because I started with my traditional statistical analysis, then traditional classical machine learning-based approaches, even image processing, computer vision, uh, natural language processing, the techniques what I adopted at the beginning of my journey versus the techniques are being used nowadays in the recent past. I mean, there are a lot of differences. Now we have deep learning, a lot of uh, new technologies came and the technologies with respect to the processor, memory, all these things also change. We have a lot of new open source libraries, a lot of open data. Now with that kind of a journey, almost of two decades and a lot of uh, things I've seen uh, with respect to this AI and data science field. Even when I started my journey, the phrase data science was not there. But then fortunately, my name also came as one of the top 10 data scientists in India. And I started like patenting. I have currently around 65 patents. All of them are related to AI and most are like granted. So to mention about how the journey began and then when I, I know, also I love to teach, right? So I think uh, that's very important point. When someone teaches, a lot of doubts being, I mean, are being created, right? That helps a lot with respect to understanding new problem statement. Uh, there are a lot of brainstorming sessions with the students, other teachers. So it's a good opportunity of learning while teaching. When I was in high school, I thought about this having a community of emerging technologies. And that also kicked me up about the mass research concept. So right now, I'm the founder and president of mass research. And we try to solve a lot of artificial intelligence related problems, which are very close to the society, for the benefit of the society. And we are closely working with uh, multiple governments, including government of India, like Bureau of Indian Standard. And then uh, with government of Telangana, since I live in Hyderabad, also we are uh, trying to partner with government of West Bengal. So all of these engagements are coming because we are trying to solve few problems with healthcare, education, agriculture, retail, transportation. So these fields. So this helped a lot to the point, like, I mean, giving back to the society with respect to technology. I know, like, I mean, there are a lot of NGOs where we can help the society with respect to money or time. But here we are helping the society or the nation with a bigger picture and then uh, with respect to technology. So that's in brief about me and my career. How do you think, is it easier right now to study data analytics and data science because of so many data sets are open right now, so many data science and data analyst communities are right now, or it was uh, easier in um, your scholarship times? No, definitely not. Now it is easier. But when I was a researcher that time, it was very hard. Even the library where you can borrow the printed books and few things, open source data concept was not there. Even the internet mean few email checking and even Google search was not famous that time. Early 2000, I'm talking about. I think it came around 2002 or four. How we studied, actually read a lot of journals, actual journal, the printed version. 
and then tried to understand the algorithm from core concept from the mathematics mm-hmm. and statistical foundation and then tried to write the code the what would be the corresponding the logic what i'm understanding from the paper which is in mathematical formula and equation can i write the equivalent code in any programming language so i started with c then learned c++ java and so on then python are these things came later right i mean definitely it helped because in python you have the same code written in a library so you don't have to write everything from scratch you can use some third party library so there is no point of reinvention of the wheel at the same time i would suggest the new generation researchers they should also go inside the code go inside the libraries also to understand what's happening inside not using it as a black box yeah the understanding of fundamental things say is important really So pros and cons. We have those definitely a problem that time, but positive part we learned everything from scratch. We know the logic. I think the new generation researchers also should know. So that's my suggestion. I mean, the, yeah, definitely the fundamentals and all. What do data analysts and data scientists do in IBM, in Microsoft, and in Salesforce? What are their tasks? There is no thick boundary between these roles nowadays, like data analysts, data scientists, data engineers, machine learning engineers, or AI researchers. We have to get our hands dirty with respect to understanding data, understanding the business problem first, like what we are doing, then ask ourselves like why we are doing, and then try to connect the dots and bridge the gap between these. Finally, once we focus on the modeling part, which is five percent of the entire product, the actual model. but the 95% work is lot of analysis it visualization beat data pre processing annotation getting training data ready so a lot of things it's starting with data collection also from where we will collect the data whether the customer is giving us or we are collecting from cloud from users primary data or secondary data so a lot of these things mm-hmm. and then the deployment the post processing part hyper parameter tuning and then deployment so i will not actually put boundaries of like okay i am a data analyst and you are a data scientist and she is a data engineer he is a researcher right so we have to do all of these things all of this task is kind of a multi hat we have to know the fundamentals as well as the applications and then stitch it all together And what was the business uh, solutions that was made based on data for example in IBM data analysts help the business to produce the more sophisticated and uh, more powerful uh, processors or it was a business data or it was a data in some other field definitely in IBM i was part of IBM Watson and that was one of the the first kind of ai driven product machine learning So again, that time there was no title of data scientist or even data analyst. In IBM days, right, it was called analytics practitioners. Those kind of titles were there. Definitely now they have all these uh, different other titles. But yeah, and so the role-wise, it was not only analysis. So what I mean to say, the core engineering is very very important here as a data scientist or data analyst, whatever is my job title. But we have to understand data. We have to convert the logic into algorithm. We have to write codes and then deliver. So all these steps are required, and be it IBM or Microsoft or Salesforce, and wherever I worked, and including the Mast Research, which is my organization, and we have around 500 plus members, uh, and all of us are volunteers wow. here. But we have to do all of these steps. There is no uh, hard and fast rule like this is only my job. Could you please share with us most exciting projects uh, you have worked on? Maybe something special. Maybe one you love more. Yeah, there are multiple. I loved one of the projects, which is a hackathon project in Microsoft. Actually, we built a robot. So the objective was to orchestrating a lot of 
artificial intelligence components or cognitive services together. So we used 95% of them, which was being offered by Microsoft. And then we also developed some custom algorithms by ourselves with a team of 15 members. And that was a hackathon, like one week, excluding the weekends. So five Mm -hmm. days on the team. And we had a UX designer, the IoT guy, robotics guy, and data scientist, data analyst, software engineers. And we made that entire product within five days. And that was a physical robot I'm talking about. It was printed in Microsoft Garage, the 3D printed parts. And we used microcontroller and microprocessor for left brain and right brain. And it was built on Microsoft stack, even the operating system was Windows 10 IoT version. So it was a really fun, very fast and really appreciated by the leadership team. So I wanted to highlight that project. Was it hard for you to get a job in IBM, in Microsoft, in Salesforce, because it's a large worldwide company, and uh, our students who will listen to our podcast, they wonder, is it really true that I'm like a simple guy from village or from anywhere can become one day a person who is working in Microsoft and solves really complicated tasks based on data? Is it really hard for people to become a Microsoft artificial intelligence and research engineer or IBM data specialist? I think it's not hard or something. It's definitely hard work, but is required. And I would suggest to the practitioners, right? I mean, please prepare yourself so that the recruiter will reach out to you through your professional network like LinkedIn or any other social network, right? Where you portray like what you're doing and whatever you're focusing, your projects, your uh, publications, all these things, if you properly put it in your social media and all, you'll get calls from the recruiters. You don't have to apply even for any of these. Even I didn't apply. So demand is higher than supply. Yeah, definitely. I mean, true data scientists are rare. So there's huge demand and we have to focus on what we are doing. And is there a strong demand for data analysts? I mean, for fresher data analysts who have just finished their course and have two or three projects in their portfolio? Definitely. So there are a lot of demand with respect to data analysis as well. And there are a lot of different new tasks that are being assigned, right? I mean, the visualization, even there are like predictive analytics and prescriptive analytics, right? So these things are very important. I mean, apart from the descriptive analytics, which is like visualization and all. Also, there are a lot of new jobs are coming with the with respect automated data annotation, pre-processing, right? So these things are also very important. And it's like an ecosystem is being built around data science. Thank you very much. You have actually a great story. So you started with data analytics, then you were a data scientist, and then you moved to artificial intelligence. Right now, uh, we would like to talk a bit more about AI is a very philosopher theme right now because there are so many talks about AI. Is it good? Is it bad? What will become in the nearest future with AI technologies? Should we apply the human law to the AI and so on? But let's start with a simple question. What problems are the scientific community currently working on in data science, in artificial intelligence, in machine learning? Maybe there are areas, for example, business process in which there are no technologies and we need to build it. Yeah, there are a lot of problems. In the beginning, I mentioned about uh, different domains. I mean, healthcare, education, agriculture, uh, retail, transportation. So these are the uh, fields where a lot of focuses are there. Definitely telco, finance. So these are the business domains where we are applying AI. 
And from horizontal perspective, we are applying it on multiple kinds of data, right? I mean, the data types, it can be on textual data where we use natural language processing. It can be on images where we use computer vision techniques. It can be on speech, right? On audio files. It can be video analytics. So a lot of these different kind of unstructured, structured and semi-structured data where we apply to get like the actionable insights. Definitely, when we mentioned like artificial intelligence, it started very old. Like, I mean, it's 1950s technology. It didn't came in 2000. I think in 1956, Professor John McCarthy first mentioned, coined this particular term, artificial intelligence. And from there till now, that concept didn't change because we are trying to simulate human intelligence. And for human, it's not for replacing human. Definitely, it is to minimize the human effort. Any tool, any machine what we use... That is for minimizing our own effort. And AI is just like that. What if the humanity can build the AI that will be more clever than humanity itself? That's not the objective here. I mean, when we had the first invention of human was will, right? And that was not replacement of leg. When we had wills, it was for the mankind and all, right? And now we are still reinventing will from that stone age to the latest like Tesla. Definitely, there is a huge difference of those architecture of the will itself. But those are not replacement of our walking or running, but it is actually for minimizing our effort. Why we drive a car? Just to minimize our effort. That's it. We are not trying to improve anything. How do you think what AI will look like in 100 years? Something new come, right? I mean, there will be like a lot of new technologies will come, new terminologies will come, probably not in 100 years. In next five years, there will be like quantum neural network, which is like quantum computing plus neural network which is being researched now, and it will come uh, in another five to 10 years. So it depends on what are the different frameworks we are using, what are the problems we are trying to solve, and then what is where we can actually try to minimize the human effort, which will be give, and which will also give us like actionable insights. So our decision-making, easy decisions, so all of these things. When we had the remote control TV, so the remote control, when it came, didn't replace our hand or something like where we used to rotate the knobs of the old TV. We used to rotate the knobs to change the channel or to increase the volume. Now, once the remote control came, that helped us to just reduce that particular effort, nothing else. That's a great news for us because you think that AI and even no-code technologies will not replace engineers and data analysts? Absolutely not. Rather, we'll need a lot of engineers and data analysts to actually make these products successful. That's great. That's great. That's nice to hear. Okay, doubtful question. Is data good or bad? Do you think it's fair that people, in terms of social networks, give all their data to corporations and they manipulate us? Okay, we have some healthcare industries upgraded because of data researchers. We have farm industries upgraded. We have the possibility to exchange information really fast. But some kind of data algorithms such as YouTube recommendation system or Netflix recommendation system, are they really good or bad for human? Because the YouTube recommendation system usually pushed me to spend on YouTube one or more hours per day before sleep. So what do you think about social networks and recommendation algorithms? What is their future? Will they turn the humanity into like dumbasses or not? No, I think this is traditional advertisement. Now it's kind of a platform we're using. And the recommendation thing is also earlier, think about like a human recommendation. If you go to a financial advisor, that person may have some recommendation for you. Now, that human being may have some bias also inside. Okay, I will get a better commission if I sell this particular product. 
So instead of product A, that person is recommending product B because of that particular human bias. Now, AI can actually reduce that human bias. There are a lot of human bias in recommendation, be it like a medical prescription, be it a product. If I visit an electronic store and some person comes and salesperson and that person is recommending me one particular brand, but not the other brands. Now, what is the logic behind that? So that person is not using AI. Now that is where we can actually have AI, which will reduce or rather our target to nullify all these human bias, which are actually negative in nature, be it bias towards gender, age, religion, region, country, language, multiple things. And actually we can use AI with respect to that, where we can nullify the human bias. So be it recommendation system or any decision support system, but that will help a lot. Nice to hear that also. Scientists from Oxford, Nick Bostrom and even Elon Musk, they always talk that there is a possibility that we might all be living in a computer simulation. And they conclude that it is the not only possible, but rather probable that we are living in a computer simulation. What do you think about it? Uh, can it be true? Simulation is again like it's a kind of a dream world. When we didn't have computers, we also had our dreams. And it is kind of a simulation. When we had uh, storybooks, now the new generation, they forgot to read storybooks, like the actual printed books. They are actually in, inside the games, inside other interactive kind of systems. But if I think from psychology perspective, it's pretty similar, right? Whether I'm thinking or imagining something where actually I'm not, kind of a virtual reality. Be it like when I'm reading a storybook, I usually go and visualize myself in that particular region or wherever, on the particular plot where the story is built. The same way, if it is now in digital media or in this kind of a simulation, it's happening. Now we are actually discussing over Zoom. So you and me are not sitting to each other, but we are far away, but we are still discussing. So mm -hmm. is it bad or good, right? I mean, definitely there are pros and cons. Are we actually losing the natural instincts or it is actually helping us to bridging the gap? There is no constraint with respect to the distance. Wherever we are, we are still connecting. We are seeing each other, sharing content and all these things are happening. But definitely, if we balance these kind of simulation, or we are daydreaming, or it is like a dream or nightmare, are there part of life. So we have to just balance so that we can take all the good part of the technology. Definitely, I mean, all the inventions can be also used in a negative way. Even Alfred Nobel, when he invented dynamite, his invention was for a positive cause, right? I mean, he wanted to remove the rocks or change the direction of river. That was the objective. But if it is used for a massacre, and definitely that's wrong, but the same product, same dynamite, it can be used for a good thing, can be used for a bad thing. So the data can be also misused if there are people who are trying to do something. The same, same thing happened with hacking, right? We know like in internet era, we started, oh, there are hackers. There can be like a lot of things and all. And deepfakes also. It is the trend of last five years. You mentioned about virtual reality. What are your thoughts about the future of virtual reality? What do you think? One of my theory is that there is a possibility that some people uh, decided to move to virtual reality and maybe could be like a half of all population who will have money to do this. And there will be like two corporations. One is like Facebook that will build a reality within this simulation. And the second will be like the Amazon. They will serve the bodies and uh, deliver foods and so on. So you will not die. What do you think? Is it possible way for developing of humanity to escape to virtual reality and to build a world there? From the real world, we cannot skip. Definitely, as I mentioned, the storybook versus these. So even the virtual reality and versus augmented reality. 
basically augmented reality helps a lot i mean suppose i am getting like a picture of my room and then thinking about like this particular furniture where it should fit or with my face which spec should actually match so these things are like augmented reality few things are real few things are virtual uh, definitely has like a lot of prospects think about like a three dimensional diagram and i am zooming a molecular image or a cancerous cell it will definitely help so if we apply these technologies for a serious invention again which would be beneficial for the entire nation or the society so then it is good but again if it is only gaming and there is no meaning or uh, there is no final outcome or benefit then it is just waste of time in my opinion and that was a philosophy part of our today's talk thank you very much You are an example of a person with a successful career, with a tremendous career. I think that our listeners will be interested to get your advice. What is your advice for those who want to develop in data analytics and data science? How can an ordinary person make such a successful career? There are a lot of study materials nowadays. It's not so hard to uh, become data scientist. So uh, only thing is, like as I mentioned earlier, like they have to focus on the innovation part, thinking out of the box. it should not be like okay i know few libraries and then i became data scientist word scientist is very heavy when we are claiming ourselves then we have to prove like we have such kind of publications patents and so on so they should focus on these as well and i am very much approachable i mean if you search joy mustafi on linkedin and connect with me we can definitely get in touch with your students and must research is also a great community where we are inviting all the data science enthusiasts in india uh, they can join the club the community and grow the network we also help in the career so yeah that's all what helps you to stay on the edge what are your main sources of information right now how do you keep up with all the changes and technologies the continuous study i mean with the research groups the communities as i mentioned like must research is one of the source now where we have now 500 it's growing exponential in that community actually get like lot of information brainstorming sessions we arrange meetups also like in person meeting in different cities in india so seven cities in india we meet and then over a cup of coffee we discuss on latest technologies and then implement we are trying to democratize artificial intelligence and throughout the community the community give you the information and you exchange information yeah. with it okay cool. they are like all experts this uh-huh. 500 members what i'm talking about they're all working in different organizations or studying in different organizations and then all of us are coming together okay do you think it takes talent to be a data scientist of course any scientist should have talent without talent how can one person become scientist people should born with this talent or he can uh, somehow get it No, it is hard work. It's not like someone is so from the beginning. So definitely, they have to have the passion and then innovative mindset, and then understanding the fundamentals, mathematics, statistics, computer science, and they love coding. So all these things, it's a combination of these subjects, and then definitely, like mentioned earlier, like the innovation. So that's very very important. Okay, so how do you deal with stress? Is your work stressful right now? If you consider any work, uh, if you don't enjoy, that becomes stressful. so i would suggest enjoy your what you are doing there are a lot of challenges so always enjoy and take it like a, a video games solve one by one and you across <laughs> every level and that's the enjoyment what goals are you striving for and what inspires you again invention when i file a patent that inspires mm-hmm. me and not only me like i try to always empower others leading and influencing others as a team and then once we invent and then implement 
So starting from scratch to uh, productization. So all these steps are very important. So that helped a lot. Like, okay, this we thought, and now it's actually working. And there are people who are using. That feels great. What main advice would you like to give to uh, the person who are right now in deciding, should he become a data scientist or not? Should he become a data analyst or not? Yeah, it depends, right? I mean, whether they love those core subjects, then they should decide. Okay. My last question, what is your biggest dream in terms of data, in terms of progress that connects with data, maybe about the future? Yeah, so from Musk Research, what we are thinking, like, as I mentioned, democratizing AI. So AI should be very much accessible, just like now the computers or smartphones are. Many people can actually use it. So same way, like AI-driven algorithms should be used or consumed by many people. That's my dream. Joy, thank you very much for coming. It was very inspiring. It was very interesting. It will be great uh, if we can repeat this interview in a year or sort of that. Thanks very much for coming. Maybe you have something to say as the ending part of our talk today. Yeah, absolutely. Just connect with me over LinkedIn. So search Joy Mustafi and Musk Research. I mean, anyone wants to become a member of Musk Research, most welcome. Please follow Joy on the LinkedIn and any social network. Yeah, we will post his contact on our podcast description. So thank you very much. Thanks to our listeners and have a great day, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.